after a historic scoring bonanza in South Beach, just how close did the Finns get to triple digits? Dallas and Arizona. Will the Cowboys continue their dominance there in Birdtown? After falling behind early in Lambeau, was the love here to stay and wash away the Saints? Rams and Bengals. Bucks and Eagles on Monday night. Who will survive? The tradition of former Super Bowl teams playing on Monday continues. Welcome back, everybody. Week three continues here on Sunday Scaries with my man, Nutmeg to Palmetto, and myself, Bucks McGee, as we continue to go through and sift through the mountains of interest that we have found for this week three. Nutmeg, uh, let us continue on through the valley of unknowns that this week has brought to us. Your first place, Indianapolis C-O-L-T-S Colts for the shoe. Congratulations. That's uh, congratulations. <laughs> first place. I can't can't take nothing from you. You guys have earned it. First place. Who would have thought? Indianapolis. First place. That's right. For all the prognosticators that said we only win two games this year, I can think of a couple specifically on Sirius XM Radio. Two games. Well, guess what? We already got that, baby. See? Everything else is gravy now. Look at that. You guys are just cashing in. You could just hang up the season. That's it. Two games. That's all you need. That's right. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. So, one of the big themes I felt from week three was – a fair amount of playoff contenders that we uh, assessed going into the season, season, uh, not just us, but a lot of people, they kind of fell flat on their face. <laughs> if not, if not just in week three, uh, in the early goings in this season overall. <laughs> uh, it, I think it's beyond that, you know, in the preseason when we talked, we always said, you know, I always, you know, premised what, you know, Bill Belichick always says, you know, you figure after the first quarter, you know who you are, and that's just what you're going to be. There's, you know, there's another game for most of these teams, and if this, if this is what you are, the playoffs are going to be insane this year. Uh, it, this is unreal. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. It's just a bunch of hodgepodge you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> one team is incredible one week next week psh, you would have thought you know you were playing an xfl team it's it's bad no disrespect to the xfl <laughs> that's None right at all. Ben, at all. De, ben denucci lit them up last year that's right ben denucci denver you let you let your playoffs walk away <laughs> so let's talk about the first team that uh is is well, despite sitting at two and one, they don't necessarily look like uh very a very solid two and one, and that is the team on the other side of my Colts first place win, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh this was a very tight game throughout Sunday afternoon. And they wound up losing we we actually held the lead for a good chunk of this game. Uh they they came back tied it. They came back, took the lead. I think we came back tied it. Uh and 
despite Uncle Rico's best Dan Orlovsky impersonation stepping out of bounds. Uh, <laughs> we got into overtime and preserved with a field goal. So with the Ravens loss, like based on what we've seen from them, they whooped up on Houston, big deal. Um, and then they got uh, another win the the following week and then the, where they just caught the Cincinnati game. That's yeah, Cincinnati. That's right. They got past Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but Cincinnati's looks very banged up. And then of course mm-hmm. this game against us with half their roster hurt and uh our tough luck gritty team without without our starting quarterback. So like what what do you take out of Baltimore's start to the season? They're 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 kind of not looking like they're firing on all cylinders despite their record. It's the same old Ravens. There is no difference from this team to last year's team. And that was the big premise this year. You know, you signed Lamar to his big deal. You got him some weapons, you know, OBJ. And it was going to be, you know, I'm going to throw for 5,000 yards. We're going to be this epic throwing offense. No more of the, we're going to live on Lamar's legs because our running backs can't survive. And where are we? Week three, you're not throwing the ball. OBJ is, you know, beat up a bit. Unfortunately, J.K. Dobkins is out for the year. Mm-hmm. And Lamar rushed for 100 yards to in this game. You survive – you're surviving on Lamar's legs again. And this is not good. Like, what's, what's going on? What happened to this pass-happy offense that you were going to have? It's – this is not good. If this is what they're going to be, then – it's going to be a rough season for them. They'll they'll pull out some games. Their defense is solid. You know, that division is really beat up, and it's early. It's really early, and that division has taken some serious injury hits. So it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have to figure out. Get Mark Andrews. Where has he been? Like Missing. Just, My fantasy team's wondering the same question. <laughs> he's, had, he's had one touchdown this year, I believe. But besides that, it just seems like he's just not there. You know, he was always that guy that Lamar would look to, you know, and then Lamar would have, you know, decent passing stats. But it just seems like this team just doesn't throw. I don't know. Maybe I don't watch enough Ravens, but this is this is serious. They are no better than they were last year. Yeah. And surviving on Lamar's legs, they lost. So they can't even at this point, they can't even rely on Lamar's legs to get a win. (laughs) No, no. And I think. And it's weird, like when you sit there and, you know, you you talk about Baltimore, it just seems like it's always the same formula. We're going to run. We're going to hang our hat on our defense. They're going to keep us in the games and we're going to pull them out. We're going to be gritty. You don't have that as much anymore, especially on the defensive side. They're solid, but they just don't have that defensive edge that they've had in the past. So if you are really going to be that team that's going to throw the ball a bit more, you really need to get it going now because if that defense stays out on the field too long, they are not, they're not an elite squad. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, another squad we thought would be an elite squad is the Jaguars. Uh, they barely survived getting by us in week two. I mean, the final score looked like a good couple possession score, but we were hanging tough with them the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh then they get shut out of the end zone by the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense, who, you know, is respectable, but not, you know, obviously the Chiefs aren't no, exactly known for defense. And mm-hmm. then you think, okay, well, they'll rebound. They'll rebound this week. They got the Texans. Everything will be okay. And not only did they not survive the Texans, but the Texans ran ran on them all day. 
ran and, and not just but and both figuratively figuratively and literally <laughs> it was the texans walked in there and said we don't care who you are we're just going to do what we do um it was a it was a steady dose of pierce and stroud played great stroud was steady he made his passes when he had to he looked solid in the pocket their defense played well I don't know if the Jags are still reading their clippings from last year, mm. but I thought this was the game they were going to say, all right, we need to get things right. We're going to have a great week of practice. Here we go. We're ready. Here it is. And they still looked lost. It's like they're trying to be that team that can just flip the switch at any moment, and they're not there yet. They aren't that team. They're not They're not the Chiefs of last year where, you know, you could flip the switch and, okay, here we go. We're ready. Let's Let me put up 30 points real quick. They aren't there yet. I don't know if they're still trying to find themselves with the new additions. You know, Ridley's played great. You know, uh, the run game's been spotty. I think it's been a bit spotty. Hasn't been really consistent. You know, it shows up in spurts with Travis there. So I just, I, I think this week they really need to focus on what, what got them to the playoffs last year and really get back to that because right now they're, there's talent, but they just seem lost. Like, it just isn't clicking this year. Well, and speaking of last year, like, it's funny they are doing – it's funny you uh, liken them to the Chiefs where the Chiefs start slow and then they get going because Jacksonville did something similar to this last year where they did get off to a slow start and then they turned it up. And we all mm-hmm. just kind of wrote it off like, okay, you know, Peterson's fresh there and, uh, he, you know, him and T laws, they got to get used to, to working together, that sort of thing. So, we kind of just like wrote it off as this is just a part of the process. But the way this season's going, do you think that maybe this is just what they are? Maybe they are kind of have the same, same bit of that light switch mentality that Kansas City has. If they do, they're in trouble because they, they can't turn it on and off, they, they need to be able to turn it on. <laughs> and right now it's just flickers. It's like that light bulb you have in the basement when you walk down and you turn it on and it's flickering and it's flickering and it comes on for a bit and you're like, all right, I don't have to change this bulb. I'm good. But then a couple minutes later, there's the flicker again. There's the flicker. And you're just holding out because I'm like, I don't really want to change this light bulb. And that's that's what they're like. It's It's turn it on and keep it on, man. Keep it on for more than like three possessions. Keep it on. So they really need to look at it. They're relatively healthy. It's just they need to figure out and sustain drives, and they, they're not doing that. And especially in that division, because it's so beat up, and, you know, your division-leading Colts there, yeah. could, you know, go, could go on a run, and next thing you know, they're like two games out. And the way people are getting injured and things of this nature, like, it's scary. To, I, if I was a football team, I'm scared to go out there. I don't know if I'm coming back. You know what? Ironically enough, I was looking at this. I was I was looking at this after the game, uh, and the uh, when we went over the the Colts schedule in the preseason, we we're like, oh man, four, five, six games tops, that sort of thing. But based mm-hmm. on how we've looked and how all the other opponents look uh during this during the early goings of the season it actually doesn't look that daunting right now (laughs) 
So, I'm telling you, it, the way this season is, man, you you can't trust anything. You yeah. really cannot trust anything. You literally have to go in every week as, okay, almost like a reset. Week one, here we go. Yeah. Our, our next six games, Rams, Titans, Jaguars, Browns, Saints, and Panthers. You guys could come out of there looking good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could come out looking really good. That it's that division is tough and beat to heck. And, ah, wow. Here we go. Yeah. Three, four weeks from now. I'm going to hear it. Don't but, worry. Don't worry. I'll keep myself humble, at least for now. <laughs> no, you eat this up. You eat this <laughs> up. You just, sometimes you just got to take it. You take the victories as you get them. But the Jags really need to figure it out and figure it out quick because if they're going to sit there and be like, oh, we have next week, we have next week, next thing you know, it's week 12, week 13, and playoff seeding is becoming highly important. Yeah. And you're three or four games out of some of, of a playoff spot. It's not baseball where you can get hot and just run through. Yeah. It's the, it's the NFL, man. One more loss and you're done. So. Yeah, you got one game, one, one game a week to make it count. Uh, exactly my last point on this game you know historically and i say it every chance i get i'm not a big fan of ohio state quarterbacks in the nfl they do not have a good track record however cj stroud did look pretty impressive at least by other ohio state quarterback standards um do you think that he's that this is maybe a turning of the corner for him to surpass justin fields and maybe change the uh overall assumption about Buckeye quarterbacks in the pros? Okay, first of all, it's Justin Fields. Let, let's be honest here. At this point, <laughs> and, and no disrespect, the guy's got talent, but let's be realistic here. You're saying Justin Fields. Stroud, to me, looks like the best quarterback to come out of Ohio State in a long time. Like, he just – he looks like he just goes about his business. He's not about the hubbub. You know, he just wants to go and he wants to win. And if this is a, if this is the beginning and he's only going to get better, he's going to be really good. He, he could be the one who bucks that trend. Uh, but yeah, there's right now I would take, I would take him over fields in a heartbeat. And if anyone says otherwise, you're just in love with, you're in love with fields legs. That's all it is <laughs> because that's it. Because Stroud, he commands that pocket. He just looks comfortable in there. He delivers. He's solid. I'm impre- I was impressed with him. He came in and just played, and I think it's he's going to be really, really good. Houston finally has a quarterback. What the fuck? <laughs> well, they had one, and then, you know. They had you know, one, and they let him get sacked eight times a game. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Very, very true. Very true. But The final team that uh, kind of had – uh, less than stellar performance in week three um, is one that has looked fairly good through two weeks. And that is uh, the Dallas Cowboys, but they showed up in the desert today and Arizona reminded them that they're still an NFL team. They're not the automatic bye week that we were poking fun at them for in the off season. <laughs> Josh Dobbs is shooting for top five votes in the MVP race. I'm telling you right now, Josh Dobbs looks incredible. Uh, I, it's the same old Cowboys. I I don't care what anybody says, like legit, all the talent in the world. And 
they just play to the level of of the talent on the field. And no knock against Arizona, but everyone was everyone's thinking Arizona is going to tank, you know, for the number one pick. That's the thought process. Be honest. You don't resign Colt McCoy, you know, and it's like, okay, who's going to be the quarterback? You somehow rush and trade for Josh Dobbs. You're like, oh man, this is automatic. They're going one and sixteen easy. Well, I don't think he heard that because mm. he handled the Cowboys extremely well. They just they outplayed Dallas. They just straight out outplayed Dallas. Dak, Dak does what Dak does. You know, interception late in the fourth, you know, whatever, game over. It just they I think they miss Zeke or that that part of the run game. Tony Pollard's great, no doubt about it. You know, great receiving back, you know, shifty and all of that. But they miss that guy who's going to get them the two, three yards, you know, put the put his head down, bang the line. And I think they miss that component of their offense. Yeah, the old uh, thunder and lightning duo. Well, Tony Pollard's a lot of lightning and not a lot of thunder. Exactly. Exactly. So it's Arizona handled business. Dallas, you know, okay, they lost. But they need to really say, okay, let's let's get the run back going. Let's let's make smarter smarter decisions passing the ball. Uh, they Arizona was smart because they basically just ran. They ran at the defense. Connor just ran and they neutralized Micah. Let's be honest. Parsons did. He wasn't a factor. He didn't get his first sack till the third quarter. But by that time, Arizona was 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 ahead enough where they weren't. They weren't panicking. They were like, okay, Parsons is going to get what he gets, but we're going to continue to do what we do. Connor had a great game. Connor's had a great game. Uh, Hollywood Brown had a couple of nice receptions. Back, back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, back from the dead, you know. like It's like, wait a minute, he's still in the league? Wait a minute. Maybe he's just, just cursed. Maybe he's just cursed by <laughs> Kyler Murray. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was like, "You get Kyler off the field, and I'm going to perform." And lo and behold, here it is. But at the end of the day, Arizona just played better. Yeah, and I I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a false sacrificial goat here because it's that this this game obviously came off of the dig season ending injury. But mm-hmm. like you said, Arizona won this game primarily just running it down Dallas's throat. Mm-hmm. And Diggs doesn't play the run. <laughs> so no. there's some issues here with this game. Maybe it was just lack of focus. Maybe it was a look pass game. They didn't take Arizona seriously, whatever. Maybe it was something as simple as that. But if it wasn't, there's some issues here that are a lot deeper than than uh, what can just kind of be falsely blamed on Diggs not being there. True. And you with any team, there's going to be days, there's going to be weeks when your defense struggles. Like, it's just fact. You're not going to have a defense that's going to play 17 weeks of pure shutdown football. It, it doesn't happen. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have, you know, things that happen, and they're going to they're going to get lit up sometimes. You know, if that Dallas defense gives up 20 points, that offense should be able to put up 28, you know, 35 points. They have the pieces for it. That offense needs to be able to pick up that defense when that defense falters. And right now, it doesn't look like it can. It doesn't look like it can right now. (laughs) Yep, it's Dak being Dak. So (laughs) that was the guy you wanted to pay 40-plus mil to, and this was your guy. So now you got to live with him. So who knows? Maybe if there's a couple more weeks of this, there's a little Trey Lance sniffing around. Mm. 
maybe Jerry's like, yeah, I'm willing to take the hit this year. Someone will take Dak, and here comes Trey Lance. But, uh, yeah, point blank, Arizona played better. They were home. They said, no, you're not going to giants us this week. And they handled business. <laughs> um, to pay homage to some of our – our biggest, our our biggest fans and closest friends in in the in the craft beer community, uh, down in South Beach. There was a bit of an offensive explosion <laughs> in the Dolphin Stadium. Hard Rock, I believe it still is. I didn't change the name of that, right? Nope, still Hard Rock. <laughs> Beautiful stadium, I must say. Very nice stadium. I've seen some games there. Very nice. But that game. <laughs> Was pretty much over as soon as the scoring began. Tua winds up, oddly enough, with only just barely over 300 yards. He did throw, he did have four touchdowns, but a lot of the damage the Dolphins did to uh, these Denver Broncos was on the ground. Mostert and uh, I can't, um, a Chan, I have to, they, they corrected his pronunciation multiple times in the media in the last 24 hours. So I, gotta I saw that today. I was like, I'm just gonna call him a train. I don't know. I can't, you know, the names are too much, man. He could be a train too, you know, yeah. but so they each, they each found the end zone four times. Plus, you know, um, and, and Tua just put on Tua to really put on a show and they just made the Broncos look like peewee football. So what, so before we get into that, that situation that we like to kick around oh so frequently. Uh, how how <laughs> impressive were the Dolphins in this game? I believe I said it last week when I said I believe that the Dolphins were the best team in the AFC. And I'd like to thank Tua, Tyreek, and the boys for, you know, hammering that point home. <laughs> uh, they were just, they were disgusting. It was like playing Madden. You know, like when you boot up Madden and, you know, you got to get your achievements and such, you just put the game on rookie and you just blow out the computer. That's what this was. There was there was no chance, no chance at all for the Broncos. Miami just did what it wanted to do. Miami was home. They said, nope, we need to win. And the Broncos put up no type of resistance whatsoever. So Miami said, all right. And Miami just took and took and took. The run game was fierce. You know, like you just like every time they touched the ball, you were like, oh, oh they're going to score. They're going to score. You know, it's like you were scared to leave, leave the living room because you thought you'd walk away and they'd put up two touchdowns real quick. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Their defense played solid. You know, when your offense is see, this is like the like Dallas. When your offense is putting up points, now I'm not saying 70 points is the mark, but when your <laughs> offense is putting up some points, you can play defense and you don't feel rushed and you're like, oh man, we've got to get this stop. You know, we've got to, you know, you're not you're not playing tense, you're not playing tight, you're playing loose and fast because you know your offense, if let's say you give up a score, your offense is gonna come out on the field and just handle business. You know, right now they're by far and away the best scoring offense in the league. It's it's a joke. Uh, they're, they're scary. Um, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy watching that. That's fun. That's and, uh, Mind you, they did that without Waddle. <laughs> exactly. Like, think about that. Waddle was on the sidelines, just hanging out, chilling out. And it's like, imagine if they had Waddle. Two of them may have thrown for five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be realistic. Because at that point, they've stretched out that field even more. The, they could have ran, they could have put up a thousand yards. If they really wanted to get gross. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, but there's no words. Miami handled their business. Um, they, I think, cemented their spot at the top of the AFC for right now. Um, the Chiefs, I think, still have something to prove. They've got to really, you know, put on a show for everyone to kind of pull them back, put them back up on that mountain. But right now, Miami's the real deal. And as far as Denver is concerned, <laughs> why even first bother? Off, they just, first, I don't even, I, first of all, I don't know how you come back from this. And secondly, we've, we tossed it around a little bit, just hypothetically, that Peyton's just riding the season out, burn Ross, get rid of him, move on fresh late. But I, I, I think that actually might be more reality than theory because it, it after a game like this, it seems like he's not even trying. Why is he even playing the whole game? Like after, like by like mid third quarter, you just pull him out. Like just pull Russ out. He wasn't gonna lead some comeback at this point. Get your get your number two guy some reps. Like let's be realistic here. The game was way out of reach. It was no type of teaching moment. It almost felt like he wanted to say, you know what, Russ, I don't like you. I believe I think you're you think you're better than you are. So here you go. I'm gonna rub your nose in it. Here it is. And he just sat there and watched it all crumble. So now everyone's like, Russ isn't good. Russ is not good. Like, it just tarnished him. This game tarnished him. They, I think, are just going to let what it is happen. And, yeah, there's no doubt. If they have a – if they've got a top five pick next year in the draft, they're, they're going to trade up to get number one. They're going to do whatever they can. Russ is done. If I was him, I'd be like, all right, what can we do? Get me out of here. Because they just don't seem to jive him and Peyton. They just don't seem to jive. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. That I I that I think that's spot on. There's just there, there, there there's something not there's something not that doesn't cook right there. <laughs> Literally, like they just feel like they don't like each other. The defense was a mess. There was that play on the um Tyreek. I think it was his first touchdown where like cornerbacks are running into each other. It was just it was just a folly, a mess. You know, and like like I said before, ownership is not going to get rid of Sean Payton. Sean Payton is secure there. All right. They're not going to get rid of Sean Payton. There's been enough question about Russ where they'll say, you know what, Sean, if you think Russ isn't the guy, well, we've got the money. What do you want to do? We'll eat the contract. We'll figure it out. And he'll may say, yep. All right. Let's start from scratch. Bring me my guy. Because he walked in and really none of these are his guys. He's gonna say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna coach him up, and we're just gonna see what happens. Maybe we catch lightning in a bottle, and we end up turning well. But nope, he just stood there and looked at it like I don't care. This isn't mine. Let it burn. I I kind of want uh, NFL countdown or, uh, or or game day to dig up to try and dig up clips of Sean Payton's year in TV and see if he said anything nasty about Russ. <laughs> It's like exactly back record for him not liking him. <laughs> you know what? And I just thought about this, and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of, you know, moving off topic a little bit. You know, the Jets are Jets need a quarterback. Yeah. You know, give them Russ. Russ isn't great. You're not losing anything. You can, you can get rid of Russ after the season. Yeah. Give Russ this false sense of I'm going to New York and I'm going to be the savior. They'll probably still suck, but it'll be better than Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, the Broncos are just a dumpster fire, and it's only going to get worse. It really is. As far as Miami's contention right now in the early going, 
let's roll through a couple uh, contenders that actually might that actually might be contenders as it looks early on. One mm-hmm. one of course is the Buffalo Bills, Miami's division rival. They got off to that brutal start with the Jets and somehow managed to lose that game even with uh, Aaron Rodgers only playing three snaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they they rolled Vegas last week. They roll Washington this week. What kind of sense is, is do you get that Buffalo's back, or are they just taking care of business against inferior competition? They're taking care of business against inferior talent. I need to see Allen and Diggs on the same page. I need to see a, like a complete game. I don't think they've played it yet. Okay, they beat Washington. Okay, that's who you're supposed to beat. Let's be honest here. That's who you you are supposed to beat. You know, you were you know a couple of years ago you were supposed to be the team to take the mantle from the Chiefs and to be Super Bowl champs. And you guys were they were on their way. This was this was the this was the path. And after last year's debacle in the playoffs and the way things have gone in the preseason for them, they didn't improve the team at all, in my opinion. Yeah, they're they're a playoff team, but I'm not scared of them. Yeah. If I'm Kansas City and Miami, the only two teams I think that are really worth anything in the AFC right now, like legit, if you're talking, you know, AFC championship material. They're looking at Buffalo like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's that's nice. Diggs will get mad because, you know, Allen didn't run the ball or Allen will try to scramble. He'll cough up the ball two or three times in the end zone, and we'll be all good. So they beat Washington, happy for them, but they are far from where they should be. Imagine a title game between the Dolphins and Chiefs. Tyreek's homecoming. And true homecoming because the game they're playing later this year is in Germany. <laughs> yeah, that's like the tourist bowl, man. That's what you call it, like the tourist bowl. Like I want to see them in Arrowhead, and I just want to see it happen. I want to see it happen. I want to see Tyreek rip the heart out of the Chiefs fandom and just be like, should have kept me. Oh, well. You want to see him do the old uh, T.O. move? Where he scores a touchdown, <laughs> then runs to the arrowhead at midfield. Yes, drops the football down and stands up center field. <laughs> I would if, if they if he did that and they sold that as an autographed picture, I would hang it. I would hang it in this cave. I'd have no problem with it. And I'd people would be like, "Why do Why do you have this on there?" I'd be like, "Sit down and let me tell you a story." I'd have no problem with it. But yeah, like Buffalo. Okay, like. Give me another three weeks of this, but give me some quality quality opponents. And all right, there you go. They're just they're Buffalo. I'm not He's, scared. I'm be scared of them. Your your explanation for hanging the picture in your in your cave would be um this is the moment when people stop trying to say 15 was better than 12. Exactly. You know, for all you that believe that, you get, get off that bus. Freaking got Taylor Swift hanging out at your stadium. Whatever. Whoop-de-doo. Kansas Kansas City, of course, uh, also rolled in a big way on Sunday. They took care of the Bears, who are just an absolute miserable pile of something. <laughs> like, like, you don't brag about that. Like, I would be embarrassed. I'd be like, yeah, I played the Bears. Like, I'd be embarrassed <laughs> because you, you could have put the practice squad out there. Come on, man. There is no reason to be like, yeah, man, we beat the Bears. You're going to pump your chest out to that? 
Actually, the Chiefs practice squad probably could have scored a touchdown easier than the Bears. (laughs) Exactly. Like, after watching that game, we beat the Bears, and I was like, wow, man, that's just, wow. Maybe we're not really good yet. I don't know. That's just depressing. Like, really? Like, you're supposed to beat these teams, but they're just so bad. Like, they're horrible. Horrible. Man, there is nothing positive in Chicago. You cannot, you can't sell me on anything. You Maybe did actually jerseys. catch a half of that game before you got turned away. Uh, I know. I didn't even get to finish the half. <laughs> Travis Kelsey scored before halftime, I believe, and they took me to the Dallas game. I was like, I'm watching it. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, and they were all, they were all nonchalant about it. They were like, oh, we're going to move you to the Arizona-Dallas game. And it was just like, boom. I'm like, what? I'm like, wow, yeah, that game is that bad. I guess no one wants to watch the Bears. Eh, yeah. Okay. In in the little bit of it that you did see, did you see anything to um, call back to the, the the chinks in the armor the Chiefs have showed this showed this year, or or were they kind of more of a clean type of uh, butt whooping? It was it was cleaner, you know. There weren't as many there weren't as many drops. I don't think I saw any drops, but it was cleaner. It definitely was cleaner. Um, having Travis Kelsey there helps, you know. Let's be realistic. Because the way they use him, he's he's more of a wide receiver than a tight end, in my opinion. He runs great routes, and I will give yeah. him all the credit for that. So, no, it totally helped. You know, you got, you know, Pashenko, you know, trying to run through the line, and he's going to end up getting hurt in a couple weeks. Watch. Because okay. that's, you know, um, it, it's like you want to find stuff that was good in this game, but you played the Bears, so I'm, like, tempered by it because I'm like, it was the Bears. This is what you should have done. Yeah. But they they played a clean game. Their defense, you know, was the Bears, so they did what they needed to do. It was it was a solid game. You know, of course, Chief fan, Chief fans are going to sit there and scream, "Oh, we're back, we're back. Look at that. Look how many points we put up." You know, and a sensible fan is going to say, "Yeah, well, it was the Bears and just just let that go." So, I think once they really get into the season, get some some better competition, then we're going to kind of see what's going to happen. Another contender going into the season, or at least we thought they'd be a contender, is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who got off to a pretty tough luck, rough 0-2 start this year. Uh, they had that loss in that shootout game to the Dolphins. They choked at the end to Tennessee. It was absolutely dreadful. And then they go into this week against fellow 0-2 team Minnesota. Now, Someone had to win this game. The Chargers did. They didn't choke, but the end of the game did get a little questionable and dicey. <laughs> Chargers got lucky. Let's be realistic. If freaking Cousins gets everybody on the line at the end of the game, spikes the ball, he probably has two shots to score a touchdown. The last, like, 15 seconds, they're, like, running around. Nobody knows what to do. Like, they've never played football before. He finally gets them to the line, throws it, throws it. Bad pass into the end zone, and then there it is. Like, the Chargers got lucky. Like, this was not a game that they played well, and I could sit here and say, you know what? The Chargers look good. Okay, there's some improvement. They got lucky. So they still need to figure it out. The coaching decisions are still horrible. It's just a matter of time before that ship gets gets shaken up and turned upside down. But you know what? A win's a win. Maybe this starts the process and they start to kind of figure it out. But they got lucky. Point blank, they got lucky. Um, the Vikings are in real rough shape right now. They really need to see what's going on. If they don't believe 
in this team this year, then they need to shop Cousins. Just just tear it down. Yeah. Tear it all down. Yeah. And Jay Jettis hit the field and the whole building went silent. He got he eventually got back up and then Hawkinson hit the field. <laughs> yeah. Hawkinson takes a shot to the ribs and there you could just see it in the stands. They're like, nope, we're not meant to win this year. Let's just go home, call it a yeah. day. It's like the Vikings are a team where they'll put up wins, they'll hang around, but there no one can honestly tell me as of right now they think that this is a Super Bowl contending team. No, like no. They're like a one and done divisional at best. Like let's be realistic. So honestly, like I said, you've got to look to you gotta to look to the future because you got Jay Jetta's there. You've got young talent. If they feel they're not gonna get the ball to get the ball and this team is gonna, you know, just be a cluster, they're gonna to look to get out. And we always know what happens. If enough if a guy complains enough, he's gonna go somewhere. Yeah. So get your figure it out, you know. Send Kurt somewhere, get some picks, build for the future. Because unless you go on a seven or eight eight game run, it's it's going to be a long season for Vikings fans. Players complain they go elsewhere. Unless you're on the Colts, then we just put you on the pup list. That's it. We put you on the pup list, keep you around. <laughs> Pay twenty million for an orca. It's all good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the weirdest team. I swear. And Uncle Rico, get your first place. Oh man, I love the NFL. I love it. I love it. Uh, you called. You called to it a minute ago. Uh, Cousins, you would think is only a matter of time before he starts before he hits the trading block. Uh, and you did call to it early, which we'd actually never thought about to this point until just until a few minutes ago with uh, Russell Wilson also being a potentially shopped as well. So in the event that the Jets figure out what they need to do Jeez, <laughs> which of these options is better for them russ or kirk cousins <laughs> oh i would say cousins in a heartbeat cousins definitely russ is a shell of his former self russ is a mess I, oh my lord he's he is literally to me now he reminds me of that bridge guy that you bring in because you know you're going to be horrible and you're going to sit there and say okay um just get us through the season we're going to get a, a lottery pick top 10 pick and I'm, we're fine with that Russ isn't going to win you games. Russ is not the playoff Russ of, of old. So I would go with Cousins all the way. No pressure. He's got a defense behind him. He's got weapons all around him. You could run the ball. Shoot, all the way. I'm going with Cousins. Um, now that we talked some good teams, let's talk some bad teams. <laughs> the Jets weren't exactly supposed to be. These, these aforementioned Jets weren't exactly supposed to be a bad team. But sure enough, they certainly look like it now without Rodgers and with Zach Wilson back under center. And uh, they did hang around with the Patriots a little bit, but Patriots are not exactly in the best of shapes either. And with that, with the defense the Jets have, you think they still should have been able to pull this off, right? No, Zach Wilson, there you go. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. They were not going to pull this out. You, I don't care what Jet fan – you sit there and tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to beat New England. No, you have no faith whatsoever in Zach Wilson. Your defense is just – your defense is getting tired. All they're doing is they're on the field more than that offense. It's it's putrid. There's no way you can sit there and tell me that you believe what Robert Sala says, that this is the guy that we're going to go with. No. And New England did just enough to beat you. Did just enough. So – 
the Jets need to sit there and if they truly can sit there, I'm, you know, after each week, you know, Zach Wilson's our guy, then you know what? Start talking about next year. Don't talk about this year because you are not making the playoffs. You are not. You may, and I don't even think you have, you have a first-round draft pick this year. So you could just be horrible and have nothing to show for it in the first round. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to figure it out. The Jets are just putrid. It's horrible. All the hype, and I believe me, I was in on it because I was ready to ride Rodgers to the Super Bowl. It was going to be the guy. I was I was ready to buy that number eight jersey in all its glory. <laughs> and, yep, the injury bug said, yep, okay, Wynn, that's not happening for you there, Bucks. Have fun with that. Fate, fate, fate had its eye out for you. It had your, fate, fate was watching your back. <laughs> fate said, you've never worn that before. You will never wear it. All right, fine. So now they sit there. The Jets toil and crapped them. Nothing great. Um, fans left and right are screaming for Zach to get chopped, cut. A lot of fans have said, we know you can't trade him because he's not good for anything. So what do you do? Like, really? Like, if you truly believe in this season, you need to make a move. Now, you, no one may trade with you. So put, put your number two, put your number three guy in. Figure something out. Could be the next Mike White. Might be able to pull some games out for you. Like, it's no worse than what you have now. No. I think they average less than 200, almost, they, they average about 200 yards of offense a game. That's horrible. That's just yeah. horrible. And, and it's definitely a little bit of a humbling note to, to know that Mac Jones is also not exactly coming to a gunfight with a full magazine. <laughs> no, nope, but you make, you make Mac Jones look like he's a really solid pro. And the funny thing was is that the 49ers were so high on Mac Jones that they really wanted him. Like, like imagine. I wonder if Mac Jones sits there and says, well, if I went to San Fran, would I be better? Yeah. Because, you know, one year they give me Matt Patricia as my offensive coordinator. I don't have any weapons. It's a mess. <laughs> you know, Tom comes back for, you know, Tom Brady Day, and I'm sitting here looking like a schlub. Good times. It's good times to be a Patriots quarterback. But you know what? The Jets are the Jets put all their eggs in the basket, and unfortunately, the injury bug said, "Okay, this is how it's going to go." And now, you got to figure it out. If you want to be somewhat rele- relevant the rest of this year, you need a quarterback, point blank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you said, Mac Jones is often wondering if he what would have happened. If he went to the Niners. Well, Bryce Young through two weeks might. Be also wondering what would happen if he if he had the chance to wind up on the Falcons, <laughs> because they because <laughs> they started off two and zero, and this despite this uh, this abomination that often is Desmond Ritter's quarterback play, <laughs> jeez, they went up into Motown this week and uh, got their flight grounded fairly quickly. Um, the now the Lions did come into this game with a pretty lengthy injury report. They mm-hmm. did kind of struggle to get through this, but once they got going, they maintained a lead. They grinded it out. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very much an ugly win, and uh, maybe that's the type of ugly win the Lions needed on this season because they had a, uh, you know, they obviously had that big win on opening netting over the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and then they kind of got pushed back a little last week in overtime against the Seahawks. No, definitely. And don't forget, the, the Lions won ugly a lot last year, too. You know, this isn't anything new to them. You know, they're like, okay, well, we don't have all our pieces. Um, we've just got to figure this out. So let's just go and do it. 
it's like another day at work for you know Campbell and those guys. He's instilled that in them. Like it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to grind it out. But if we stick to the if we stick to the program, stick to what we know, good things will happen. And I think this this was a quality win for them because it shows they can win ugly. You know, not you know, the Falcons were uglier, no doubt about it. <laughs> but you know, the foul the um the lines just they they grinded and they won. Those are the games you need to win. The yeah. Falcons, if if at by this point you haven't figured out that Ritter is not your guy, then okay, then okay. The claim to fame is you got Bijan with the eighth pick. Okay, you you ride that till till the end of the year because that's going to be what the highlight of this season is going to be. They've got guys who can catch the ball. You need someone who can deliver the ball. You got Kyle Pitts. Wandering around 15, 20 yards downfield. No one around him. He's going to the other team sideline, getting Gatorade, walking back on the field. Like, look at me, look at me. Ritter doesn't see anything. You know, you got him throwing death balls to freaking Drake London. Drake London's catching balls, and maybe his life is flashing before him because he's throwing into coverage. It's ridiculous. And, yay, Bijan has these highlight runs. That's great. What happens – you know, I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but the way this season has gone, God forbid he, you know, takes a hit and he's out. Then what happens? Or what just happens if they just load the box all the time? Yeah, exactly. If you get enough, if you get an athletic defense that's like okay and they're quick, all right, we're gonna load the box and see what happens. You don't, you're not, you don't have to worry about doubling any of your receivers or anything because you're not throwing to them. So <laughs> let's be real. And even when you are, there was one play earlier, early in this game that Kyle Pitts broke out of the defense, got beat his man by like a good three yards, and, and Ritter still overthrew him by like three, four yards. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, we believe in Ritter, yada, yada, yada. See, I don't know. I think they thought maybe their defense was better than it was, and they thought their defense would keep them more in games. Their defense isn't bad. But their defense is not is not the type of defense that's going to be able to sit out there week after week longer than your offense and keep you in games. Those guys those guys are going to fall apart. It's just it's fact. Yeah. So Atlanta really needs to look and say, what's our quarterback situation? What is it going to be? Do you believe in this guy? Because you can't go if it continues like this, you cannot go into next year with Ritter and, and honestly look your fans in the eyes and say, you know what? He got better this year. He's going to be our guy. Excuse me. You can't do that. So Atlanta needs to figure it out, get, you know, get someone who can throw 15 yards of greatness and go from there. That, that's what you need because right now if Bijan gets hurt, that team is in some – that team's in a world of hurt. It would be awesome if the Falcons played the Jets this year and we could see who was worse. <laughs> oh, the Falcons are still better than the Jets. <laughs> No, no, cool. I'm talking about quarterback. I'm talking about quarterback. <laughs> if I had to take one, I think I slightly would take Ritter slightly because at least he throws the ball. When he, <laughs> yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. Who will put up 21 points on his own? He'll just kick. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be the greatest offense of showing by a kicker of all time. But, hey. Um, The third bad luck team is uh, maybe this is a two for one. Because you have the Saints and the Packers squared off this week in Lambeau, and mm. the Saints uh, coming off a two and zero start, but a pretty ugly two and zero start, and the Packers 
they got all they started their season very ugly against these the aforementioned Bears who were uh, just abysmal. But they got going. They lit them up in the second half and ran away with that one. And then they played these Falcons we just talked about, and they were doing all right. But they just would not. They they just would not hit the kill switch. They wouldn't keep their foot on the accelerator. And sure enough, they hung around, hung around, and eventually won. Uh, Packers dug themselves a hole, seventeen nothing in this game. Derek Carr got hurt. They crawled back in it. Romeo Dobbs found the end zone again, uh, sitting on my bench, no less. <laughs> and uh, despite, despite Jameis Winston's best efforts, the uh, Saints were set up for a game-winning field goal and missed and missed the kick. Uh, Packers survived, bringing them back to two and one to set up the uh, ma- a, a first-place matchup on Thursday with the Lions. So, c- what? Who are the real Saints and who are the real Packers? <laughs> because at this point, through three games, I have no idea on either one of these teams. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with the Packers first because, you know, my love for the Saints holds no bounds. Okay. All right. So with the Packers, I think everybody finally needs to understand that this is not your Aaron Rodgers Packers. It's Jordan Love. And we have no idea what Jordan Love is because we haven't seen Jordan Love. You know, he sat the bench and Aaron did his thing, and that's, that's what it was. So, you know, this is the first year of the Jordan Love era. So you're kind of seeing what he's about, what he can do, what he can't do. I think he's got talent. I think as long as they build the offense around what he can do, that defense is solid. Um, they can run the ball. Green Bay's always been a team that can run the ball. They've always had some bruisers and some guys who can, you know, move the pile and such. So I don't think the Packers are in really bad shape, but they're developing. You're learning what they are because it was easy for the last, you know, 15 years or whatever with Aaron Rodgers. You knew what you were getting. You knew what it was. We don't know Jordan Love. This every week is new. And he's learning these guys. He's learning what he can do in this offense, what he can't do. Coaching staff is learning that. So I think they can, if they can get on a bit of a roll, they could be an exciting team. I think Love has some talent. So that's that's Green Bay. So I think people have to temper expectation either way. You can't be like, oh, man, he's great. He's going to, you know, f- turn this around and continue the era of dominance at the quarterback position from Favre to Rodgers to Love. You can't do that. And at the same time, you can't say, oh, well, he's horrible. We don't, why, did we, why did we draft him? He sucks. You got to give these guys a chance. If they don't get – a couple seasons to show what they can do. You're never going to know what you have. So, and then you have the Saints. How everyone was like, all they need is a quarterback. Derek Carr rode it on his golden horse, came in, and he was going to take the Saints back to the promised land. And they looked barely watchable. Like, no. Like, I, he's doing the same thing that he did with the Raiders. Like, there's nothing, nothing different about him. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's a mid-tier quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not a guy who's going to change your fortunes. I don't think he is. He'll get the he'll get the numbers. It's like Kirk Cousins. You'll get the numbers. But I'm not like, wow, that's a guy I'm building my franchise around. If you were to restart the whole league, right? Fantasy, greatest fantasy draft of all time in real life, and you got those quarterbacks there. Carr's going to go mid-rounds. He's not the guy who's going to change your fortune. Now, I think the Saints believe they're 
they're good enough where we can just plug somebody here, plug somebody there, and where we can be back to the painting days and we're going to be great. No, your defense is older. Uh, your offense is okay. As long as, you know, the greatest, you know, slant runner of all time, Michael Thomas, doesn't get hurt. You know, you're finally going to get back Kamara, you know, from suspension. But Olave is a solid wide receiver. He's got talent. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But what does Jimmy Graham do for you? Like, really, what does Jimmy Graham do for you? I understand, you know, he was hanging around the bus station and you asked him if you wanted to play some ball and you brought him back. You need a young talent at your tight end position. You've got to get younger. You guys are hanging your hats on these guys, and they're getting older. That defense is getting older. So if this is what the Saints think is going to win them a division, I don't think so. I really don't. Everyone handed them the South. Now, everyone thought the South was a dumpster. It's not that bad Yeah. if you look at the teams. So the Saints really need to figure it out. They need to hope that Carr's shoulder is is okay, nothing too serious. But they've got to figure out this offense because what are you going to do, bring back Taysom Hill and have him quarterback? Why doesn't he quarterback the team? Yeah. You know, why not? He used to do it, used to do it when, Breeze would, when Breeze would get hurt. Exactly. If you didn't believe in Jameis, you know, Jameis, in my opinion, should have been the starter. He should have been. I think he showed enough with that team to be the starter. I think he has a better pulse of what that team is than what Carr is, to me personally. But, you know, Jameis has, you know, cleaned up his act, and he's, you know, he's a team-first guy. I give him all the credit for that. Maybe he gets on there, and if this injury, if this injury does end up being something a little more serious, and he gets three, four games in, maybe that's tape that maybe a team in New York says, hey, what do you want for, for Jameis? There's another one, yep. There's you know, like you don't know. Jameis isn't old. He's not like the, you know, he's not old and ancient. He's still got some years in him. Yeah. So the Saints really need to figure it out offensively. They need to throw the ball because I haven't really seen anything spectacular. Besides a couple of chunk plays, nothing great. And he did, uh, you know, just, I mean, obviously we'll make the jokes because they lost and Jameis was uh, the quarterback at, towards the end. But at the same time, he did average 11 yards per completion, so really wasn't really wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, he did he's he's done that. Yeah. It's nothing different than he did with the Raiders. So I don't know why people have this idea that he was going to elevate the Saints into this into the elite NFC status. If you're going to say he's going to bring you into the playoff playoff picture. Okay, but he wasn't this wow situation what any lot of people thought. Now you gotta look to see what you've got with Jameis. If the shoulder injury ends up being a little more than what it is, they've got they've got some rough seas ahead. Yeah, that, that was my stat, but my stat was Jameis in the when he came in was the oh. for completion. I like I, you know what? Jameis in his buck years was he was tough to watch. The guy could throw the ball a ton. But then he'd throw picks, man. You know, it was crazy. But don't forget, he play, Mike Evans played the majority of his career with Jameis, and Mike Evans has nine straight 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah. And a lot of that was Jameis. And, yeah, Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, Fitzmagic. I love the jumpsuit with the hair. Oh, man, and the glasses. I got to see if that's on a shirt. I will rock that yeah. religiously. And Jameis did it while he was blind. Yeah. He was blind. Right? <laughs> The man gets LASIK now, and now you don't want to touch him. 
Yeah. The man throws for like 30 plus touchdowns a year. No, I don't want him. Man. We don't want him. May I get some LASIK and he's ready to go. Can't quarterback our team. Yeah. Uh, my, my last point on the Saints is that like maybe we did get a little bit of too much steam on them early on because when you look at that 2-0 start, look at who, they, who was against. Tennessee, who's awful, and Carolina, who is awful. <laughs> right. Teams that they should beat. Yeah. And it wasn't like they beat them convincingly either. Like They struggled past big. both of them. Yeah, exactly. They weren't like, okay, you know, 35-7 or like 28-10. They weren't dominating performances. They got by. Yeah, you won and you you take the win time, you get them. But for a team that everyone was like, oh, they're just a quarterback away, bring them in and, you know, Carr's the guy. I had no no wow factor. So The Panthers couldn't block you or I, and they still – the Saints were still only up by 10. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, seriously, like, why did the Panthers even put five guys out there? Just just have one guy hike the ball and just have freaking Young throw the ball up for, for luck. I don't know. That's horrible. That, that O-line is hideous. But, yeah, you can't, you can't look at what the Saints have done so far this year and be confident. You know, you won two games, okay. You gave, you gave up 18 to Jordan Love and you lost. All right, now let's see what next week brings. And, of course, the cap off to Sunday of week three, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a pretty uh, upstart win against rival Cleveland last Monday. They went into Vegas, and you know what? At first, I was scratching my head a little bit because there was somebody throwing balls under center for the Raiders, and I didn't necessarily recognize Jimmy him as Jimmy G. He may have looked different in the uniform, but the result was still the same. Let's that's, that's be realistic here. He had his few moments of, of shine, but at the end of the game, it's good old Jimmy G. And we all know how Jimmy G likes to end the game with those three magical letters, I-N-T. Uh, it was – the Raiders had their chances in this game. They did. Uh, they just, just couldn't pull it off. Um, run game took forever to get started. Uh, the Steelers' defense, you know, was was on point. You know, T.J. Watt did T.J. Watt things. Yeah. It ju- just – you kind of had the feeling, like, as the game progressed that the Steelers were going to pull this off. It's – the Raiders are just – they're not there yet. I don't know if it's McDaniels. I don't know if it's Jimmy G. I just – I can't figure it out. But the Raiders are the Raiders, and it's another loss. Yeah, the, the wild part to me was uh, just the type of performance Adams had. And, like, I really didn't – I really wasn't expecting for the entire season Jimmy G to be able to deliver the ball to him to have a kind of vintage Devontae Adams game. <laughs> exactly. But the problem is, is the vintage, you know, Adams game is, okay, I'm going to throw it only to him and nobody else. <laughs> like – you literally didn't hear from Hunter Renfro till the fourth quarter. And before that, when Carr was there, you know, Renfro was was an integral part of that offense. And it just seems that when Jimmy's in trouble, he just looks for one guy. And it's Adams. And that's that's great if you're playing preschoolers or something. It's going to get the job done. But teams in the NFL are going to key on that. So he, he's got to learn to spread the ball around. They've got to figure this offense out. 
it was I thought for a brief moment they were going to pull it out, but nope, Jimmy does what Jimmy does. I mean, you would think that with him, I mean, he doesn't exactly have the prototypical rocket arm. You would think that spreading it around in a West Coast offense would just come naturally to him. But yeah, that, that kind of locking in uh, tunnel vision doesn't kind of, it's a, a weird thing to expect from someone like him. Especially coming from basically still playing in the New England type of, you know, playbook where, you know, you you know look around. You, if, you, if it's not your first read doesn't work, find your second. If not your second, then your third, you know, and it's just it seems like he just locks in on one guy and that's it. And that was that was a big problem in this game. He, they've got to be able to spread the ball around if they can use Renfro. Get the run game back going. Jacobs, like I said, started slow at the beginning of this game, and then, you know, was able to open it up a little bit. But I don't, I don't know. They've got to figure it out. I think losing Waller kind of, you know, kind of hurt. I think they should have kept him. It would have been a nice target for Jimmy G to use. You know, now it's just Devontae and whoever, whoever's there. You know, it's. It's not a pretty thing, and they're going to struggle as the season goes on if they continue this formula. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of things, of course, was the Steelers. They came out victorious. And uh, for them, it's it's getting to the point, like, after that win against Cleveland and now after this win on Sunday night, was is that game against the Niners just looking like a blip on the radar and like, hey, of course they're going to lose the Niners. The Niners might be the best team in the league. Uh, is you know like are we kind of seeing a more solidified picture of Pittsburgh's potential this season? Yeah, I think what you saw today is probably what they're going to be throughout the year. You know, they're going to lean heavily on their defense. Their defense is you know going to cause turnovers. Uh, their offense, you know, they want to really throw the ball. They're going to have games where they when they're clicking, you know, and. Pickett's hitting everybody in stride and, you know, everything's moving. Um, they're going to have games where it just doesn't work, but they're going to have to figure something out. Najee was a little better today. I, I had said. Finally. You know, not, yeah. It's like Najee showed up a bit. He didn't look like he got dinged up a little bit. Um, Warren played well, too. So it looks like they, they, they're starting to develop a nice one-two punch there in the run game, which I think they need. I don't know if Najee's going to be a – you know, a 20, 25 carry back. I don't know if he can handle that. So I think also, you know, with developing the the pass game there, Warren, you know, spells that out for him. So I think as the season goes on, they'll develop that a little more and they will be more of a complete offense. So I think they're definitely on the, they're on the right track. They just have to make sure they're developing at a quick pace because you get to, you know, week 10, week 11, you know, definitely your playoff picture is really starting to come into focus, and they want to make sure that that offense is clicking to keep up with that defense because that defense seems to be on point already. The good thing they have someone like Warren because if, if Harris is really, like, starting to get spent and not a workhorse anymore after only, what, two years in the league, that's really yeah. not a good look for him. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's – I think maybe they thought he was – a bigger and bruiser, more of a bruising back than he really was. You know, um, 
he's got good moves. I just don't know if he can take the pounding like that. He needs to be in the system where there's another back and they can share the wealth. I just feel that's the kind of back he is. So I think Tomlin will recognize that and they'll tailor the offense that way. But there may be some times where, you know, he's going to have to pound it in and he's going to have to learn to take those bumps and bruises, man. It's the league. That's what you get paid for. And wrapping up week three, because we're Tuesday morning quarterbacking this week and not Monday morning quarterback, we can actually talk about the Monday night games. And in a very fitting end to week three, we had two very messy Monday night games, but messy for different reasons. (laughs) Yes, 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 for sure, for sure. Quite true. So we'll start off with your team and uh, the Tampa Bay hosting Philly. On Ronde Barber night. Yes, yes. The man getting his due. Mr. Hall of Fame himself. The man who closed the vet. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's, it's just been so many years, but I forgot that was in the title game. <laughs> yep. The man who closed the vet. So, of course, they were going to do it, do it tonight. I probably wouldn't have done it, but hey. <laughs> I don't get paid those big, big bucks to make those decisions. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of a messy game. It rained all night. Uh, do you think so? Take that. Let's do the fan perspective first. Um, do you think do you feel that based on the fact that you were two and zero, but you would be in Minnesota, who's kind of a mess, and Chicago, who's just a, a absolute nightmare? Uh, do you feel like maybe there's a little bit of shine taken off of Tampa season after tonight, after Monday night? No, because no one expected us to be two and one. People thought we were going to win less than six games. So to me, there's not at all. I didn't. I didn't feel confident going into this game either because everyone knew that you know Philly is the class of the NFC with the new offense, new quarterback, um, our inability to really run the ball. I, of course, as a fan, you hope to win, but no, I was realistic in the whole process. But no, I don't think the shine is off. Two and one tied for the division lead. I think you take that going into the fourth game of the season for sure. Yeah. The running game was really off tonight, and you would think that uh, in a game where it downpoured the whole time, running is where running is how you're going to win the game. And on top of that, Philadelphia ran the ball very effectively uh, Monday night. So does that give you any kind of unnerving feeling that in a game that the running game really should have stood out, they did not? No, because Philly's offensive and defensive lines are the best probably in the league on both sides. If you look, if you look at the talent on both sides, it doesn't surprise me that Philly was able to do what they did. You know, Philly has monsters on that D line. It's ridiculous. It's like the University of Georgia 2.0. It's nuts. <laughs> you know, those guys are just big. They just play the line extremely well. That O line has been together for a while. Those guys are probably the best in the league. So for me. I didn't expect anything less. For us, our O-line is a work in progress. It's better than it was last year, but it's definitely a work in progress. Uh, White just, it seems like he dances a little more in the backfield. He's not a heavy straight runner. So I feel at some point they're going to look for somebody probably more of a banger. I think that's what, what this team needs, kind of a big bruiser type. So it's a work in progress. Um, we definitely got to be able to, you know, run the ball, got to be able to at least be adequate at the run. Cause if not, then the play action is worthless. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. 
you know, from Philadelphia's um, perspective, they had some, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't quite look like the same Eagles from last year in the first two games. Uh, they, they tried their, they tried their mightiest to hand the ball back to the Patriots in week one, week mm -hmm. two, they probably got out of that only by the skin of Kirk, the skin of Kirk cousins turnovers. Um, yeah. So it based on how the Eagles look tonight, did they look kind of more like the Eagles we know and the Eagles we expect, or do they still have some issues to work out? I think when it comes to the run game and the D line play, I think they, they have taken, they've continued where they left off last year. They actually could be stronger. Uh, they did miss some passes here and there in the past game. I still think the past game is not where, where it's supposed to be, but you know, at this point, when you look at the NFC, outside of San Francisco, they really have they really have no competition. I don't think the Cowboys are on their level. So, but for what they did tonight, I think they're still, you know, kind of getting it together. Uh, but if you're going to try to run against that team, that's it's going to be tough sledding for sure. And that team will run on you. Those guys are incredible. You know, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, those guys, those guys are great. So. Week three, hey, you know, three and oh, those guys. The game, like I said, overall, the game was solid. You know, I think Tampa can look at it and say, okay, well, this is the measuring stick. This is where we've got to improve. But I also feel that Philly's saying, okay, we did some things better, but we have to improve because the defense in San Fran is solid. Those guys can do some things as well. But overall, it's a quality win for Philly. Uh, the other game uh, was a rematch of Super Bowl 56, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and <laughs> Carolina Panthers, you are officially off the hook after this Monday night game because the Los Angeles Rams have, by, have got to have by far the worst offensive line in the league. <laughs> I, I, the, I have no words for that. That freaking mess. Stafford needs to just retire. Just he, the fact he could get up and walk after this game is impressive to me. Just hang it up, man. Like, no, you you don't love the game that much. You do not love the game that much. You got to be, you want to be able to wake up in the morning and know what your name is. Like, that yeah. was just, they were just relentless. And there were points where he was just throwing that ball down the field, hoping and praying. Yeah. Um, Burrow survived. You know, he got out without any injuries. He was able to move around in the pocket. But you could still tell there were some some limitations into what he could do. Uh, Chase was Chase was the man tonight. Uh, what, over 10 catches, over 120 yards. So he did his thing. Uh, Mixon showed up. Yeah. Actually, finally. You know, <laughs> they finally said, okay, let's run the ball a little more than normal. So, you know, Mixon showed up. Their defense was the star of the show, no doubt. That D-line was relentless. Those guys played well. So they beat up on a they beat up on a bad Rams team. Let, let's be let's be honest here. That Rams team is isn't good at all. They really aren't. Yeah, you they know, looked I, like they looked like the Rams team we expected them to look like, as opposed to what we saw in the first two weeks. Yeah, and I think everyone every week is like, yeah, well, you know, there's Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else do you have? Yeah. You've got these rookies and such, but these guys are, they still need to grow into their roles and teams know that your O-line is beyond horrible. It makes the Tampa's line from last year look all worldly. Like 
that's just horrible. And at this rate, your quarterback won't get past week six. He's not going to survive. Like, let's be honest there. He will not survive. So the Rams need to figure it out. I don't know what they've got to do. There's not much you really can do because they don't have much. They mortgage the world for their Super Bowl ring. So, hey, A for effort, man. You know, they were able to get that last, you know, last minute touchdown and, you know, tried the onside. But I think this was more of Cincinnati hoping Joe got through clean, trying to get that off passing game kind of, you know, moving in the right direction. And their defense pretty much carried them. Yeah, and I, I think the I think it'll be a good test seeing how this how seeing how Burrow goes off of this into next week to see if it wasn't just a situation where you're like okay he's fresh he's fresh maybe he just stayed off the cap for the week or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or if he's like really right because he like he looked pretty good but you're right he didn't quite look totally hundred um, percent he was a little off on a couple throws. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there was one drive at the end, which probably could have iced the game and he didn't even look at chase at all. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Well, I don't know if that was it, just play calling or, I don't, or if he was just kind of, I don't know, but you could kind of tell whenever they did get some pressure, he was just, he was getting rid of the ball. He was just looking for any, anywhere to dump it. So he doesn't have his mobility yet at all. You know, he may, he probably was like 70%. I'd give you 75%, Joe. So I think it's a deal where they're going to monitor it, you know, try to get them right for next week, you know, take it, you know, day by day. And hopefully, you know, he'll heal up. But if it's a situation where they're playing a team that's got a serious pass rush, they're going to have to, they're really going to have to run that ball. Mixing really has to be a bigger part of the offense on a consistent basis. We're not a fantasy team, fantasy show, so I won't go into the nitty gritty. But my God, I hate fantasy after these games. <laughs> Why? What? What? What could have went wrong? You know, you had the Rams kids who eh, kind of chat the bed a little bit. Um, well, they actually know. they actually put up decent numbers considering Stafford had zero time to throw. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're just chucking it around, and you know, that's true. That's I'll give you that. But Mon- it's always tough when, like, you when you have to like hope for Monday night. Yeah. Like when you're hanging your 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 dreams of a fantasy win on Monday night, a lot of times it just doesn't go well. Like when I look at it, if I haven't won it by Sunday night, and I know I have, like, I need at least two guys for Monday night for me to feel somewhat confident. Because usually it's like a kicker or like you know the tight end that you got to change out, and you know he's only supposed to get four points. You're like, yeah, they're not throwing to him. Well, I was I went against. Uh, Evan Mack in two leagues. And of course, Evan Mack had about 350 yard field goals tonight. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I guess, wow. I guess that hurts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Well. It was a rough one. I did. I did. I did win the league that the league that counts, though. So, I guess that's you know, for lining. But a couple of those were just complete embarrassments and eyesores. <laughs> but you know what? It's the begin. It's still the beginning of the season, so now you can kind of, kind of figure it out. Because of course, everyone's gonna come out with their trades, you know, because everyone's gonna try to offer you the moon and the suns for whatever Rams offensive player they could find. So, yeah. Well, I know. Well, I know for sure one of them. Uh, Mark Andrews is not starting another game. <laughs> well, you're gonna keep him on the bench, huh? Mark Andrews is relegated to the bench. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. With Eckler, with Joe Burrow, with Garrett Wilson, and with Najee Harris. 
All on the bench. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, some of those guys, it's not their fault, you know. <laughs> when the Bill Hunter's your quarterback, you, that just happens. There's nothing you can right. do about that. He's the only oh, one yeah. that gets a pass. He's Garrett Wilson's the only one that gets a pass. He has no choice. He has no choice. He just stands there. Yeah. Amidst all the up and downs of week three, what was your favorite moment? Oh, Lord. My favorite <laughs> moment? Jeez. I think it was just watching the Miami game. Every time they touch the ball, I'm like, are they scoring? Like, once it got to 50 points, I'm like, they're not going to score anymore, are they? And then Mike White comes out and, you know, he drops a 20 bomb on him like it's nothing. And then and then people are sitting there chanting in the, you know, chanting in the stands three more points because they wanted to break the record for most points. So I think that was probably my favorite. I figured you were going there, but I thought you were going to shy towards the look of despair across the Denver sideline. <laughs> Like it's just it's just so sad now. Like I I can't even take joy in it. It's like wow, you guys are just really that bad. <laughs> like it would be fun if they like faked that they like thought they were good and just had a bad game, but no, they know they're bad. Like Garrett Bowles, they I saw a quick you know a piece of an interview that they did after the game, and he was like, I'm just tired of losing, tired of losing. I've been here, what do you say, like nine years, and all I've done is lose. I'm like, wow, man. Then maybe you should have left after five years. Yeah. <laughs> Was the money worth it? I don't know. But now you're just you're gonna lose now. After a year and a half of Drew Locke, maybe you should have read the writing on the wall. <laughs> you know exactly. So now you're gonna sit there and say, I'm tired of losing. Well, well you're you're gonna lose to depths you've never lost before, buddy. <laughs> You know, like this stuff doesn't even happen in like Pee Wee League. Like, let's be realistic. So, yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Well, we're going to keep striving for heights we had never reached before. And um, there were a lot of low points and a lot of messy play from week three, but there are some gems too. Uh, overall, I think we learned a lot this week as far as uh, the outlook of the rest of the season. And you know what? If things can come into a little bit more into shape. I'd say it was a positive weekend overall. Bucks McGee, take us off air. Well, folks, week three, full of fun, excitement, Taylor Swift sightings. I just, I don't know. Hey, do what you do there, Mr. Kelsey. Can't blame you. You do what you do. So, hope you guys enjoyed the games. Uh, like Nutmeg, I don't know how you feel, but um, I'm at a loss for words this week, I think. I'm just at a loss. I really am. I'm hoping that, you know, going forward, we're finding focus. I hope you guys, you know, your team's won. If you're a Denver fan, I'm sorry. That's all I can say to you is I'm sorry. If you're a Jets fan, just end the season. Do what you really? got to do. And uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>